We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tell a friend because, Sarah, there is something special brewing in Baltimore. Welcome into the Ravens postgame live stream after they just took it to the Seattle Seahawks on a beautiful November Sunday inside the bank. 37-3 as Baltimore improves to 7-2 through nine weeks of football. We're glad you're with us. As always, this postgame show is brought to you by our friends at Cybertech. And, Sarah, I think just generally speaking, it probably uh, – Bodes well to tell you this statistic right here. Over a three-week span, the Ravens just outscored the Detroit Lions and Seattle Seahawks, most of whom believe were some of the NFC's best, inside their stadium, 75-9. to 75-9, count them. It's been utter domination. We're going to get into all of it and more, but we'll begin with John Harbaugh's opening statement short while ago inside the locker room. Like we said in the locker room, and I'll say it again, all glory to God. We are, we are humble group that works hard and I'm really proud of those guys for the way they played I mean it was a it's been a lot of a lot of, a lot of things going on in terms of challenges to preparation different travel different things injuries and uh, guys have just done a great job of fighting through that keeping our eyes straight ahead no turning to the left no turning to the right and, uh, and just doing the best they can do and they and it showed up today in a total team effort and that's what it was total team effort against a very good football team so proud of that We'll, uh, we'll stand on that going forward and stack it, and then we'll get ready for, obviously, a huge game uh, next Sunday against our division rival, the Browns. So uh, what questions do you have? That's Harbaugh's opening statement. What's yours, partner? Well, the, the glory to God statement, the glory, I tell you what, the Ravens are shining bright, okay? <laughs> this, is, this team, you said it, is special. These are teams, the Lions and Seahawks, these aren't like trash teams that are like, you know, 0 and 8 or 1 and 7 or 2 and 6. I mean, these are division leaders that the Ravens are just pouncing on, which is exactly why I probably heard that CBS broadcast, who, again, these guys don't get to see the Ravens often. This is the first time they got to see him this year. Yeah. How many times do we hear them talk about him as if they're like legit Super Bowl contenders? Tony Robo. This, I mean, from the jump before the game even started, this both these teams are good, but the Ravens, they look like Super Bowl contenders. And then the Ravens just made them look like 
He was a smart analyst, but anybody can say that after these two games now. I mean, he then he then he went even further. Not a Super Bowl contender. These guys might be the best in the NFL just all day long. And and the Ravens earn that kind of praise. Here you have, and we played it in our morning vault where people are like, hey, this would be a huge statement game, huge statement game for the Seahawks. What did we say? Good. Come out and bring your best because we want everybody to try to measure themselves up to the Ravens. And how did you measure? Not well. You didn't even get into the end zone a single time. (laughs) You let up 37 points. Could have easily been 40, if not more. But the Ravens were just done with it by the end. You pulled out Lamar Jackson early in the fourth quarter. Keaton Mitchell is the stud that's popping out. I mean, just looked like a complete team in total domination. Without question. I mean, this is the largest margin of victory for Baltimore since the 2020 season finale, and that was a 38-3 to thumping over the Bengals. And you see just what they what they were able to do and how they were able to do it. It was just so dominant. First downs, third down, total yards, rushing yards. The Ravens just found a way in every single category to put their stamp on this one. And it led Ronnie Stanley to calling this Ravens team the most talented, and this is a direct quote, the most talented team I've ever been a part of, the team with the most potential, end quote. Jonas Schaefer's tweet, Ronnie postgame. Sarah, he was on the 2019 team. We'll just leave it at that. It's funny because I I tweeted after the game before the pressure started. I was like, is it me? Or was today just totally giving 2019 vibes? Uh, oh, yeah. When Lamar's on the sideline cheering on Tyler Huntley, you know, when it's just like just complete fun, just uh, the defense even seems better than that 2019 team. Uh, you want to have a better, better ending, but it's just like, where you're rolling like that. How do you not feel like it? But then for Ronnie to say, Hey, may, better than that. Okay. Well, we'll have a chance to prove that in the off season. And we also still have nine games to go. So I hope they're enjoying this. Then they'll get back into taking it one game at a time, but check this out. I mean, Lamar doesn't want to talk about it. So I'll whisper it. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is now 18 and one versus the NFC. Okay. Wow. <laughs> he doesn't wow. want to 18 and one. And we've got the graphic up here. The, the grim reaper, whoever this, you know, character is took out the Titans, took out the lions, took out the Cardinals. And now uh, the Seahawks, I can't remember. I know there's still the 49ers. Who else do they have in the NFC? Uh, hopefully, if, if, if we're going to have people talk and we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I just said Tony Romer kept talking about him as Super Bowl contenders. That would be the place you see him in the in the postseason. So we're going to find out. Sure is feeling good at the moment, though. No kidding. 18-1 and one against NFC teams, and Lamar improved to 52-18 and 18 as a starter over the last six seasons and counting. And look at what Baltimore's done just in terms of the war of attrition, not only playing the, the, the violent game that is football, but the travels that have come along with these last few weeks. And look at the miles that they've logged, Sarah, dating back to week four. Obviously, you had the London game. You had a trip out to the West Coast last week in Arizona. So short weeks, in-division opponents, none of it's mattered. They found a way, to, again, to get seven and two through nine weeks. I know a lot of us feel like they could, should be undefeated. That's not the case, obviously. But 
my goodness gracious, going into a Cleveland game for the second time around this upcoming week at the bank. We know there's home cooking down the stretch here after a, a tough slate and a lot of travel. Uh, but the Ravens are on the other side of, of a tough middle part of the season just in terms of the logistics of, of actually playing a year, especially when you have an overseas game sprinkled in there. That that 13,000, Bobby, is half the circumference of the earth. <laughs> so <laughs> it's no wonder that they come home in between for the for the Lions and now for the Seahawks that they're feeling rested and feeling good. And it really is kind of incredible to think about it. John Harbaugh hit on it when you when you open it up, uh, when he talks about the challenges they've had, and he named injuries as one of them. And we all know about the injuries in Baltimore. So uh, this is what we all feel felt like it was possible when they were healthy and and now you add Keaton Mitchell to this mix mm. Bobby I mean to me I mean there's so many storylines we could go with but to me this breakout game from Keaton Mitchell is the biggest headline really outside of the win the biggest headline of them all I would totally agree. We're going to get to that in just a second, including what the Ravens did on the ground. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by our friends at CyberTech, our exclusive post-game show sponsor, also the sponsor of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith. And CyberTech is a next-generation local recruiting, resourcing, and outsourcing firm. It's a new way to acquire resources is what they're doing. Whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or seeking to outsource a business or technical function, CyberTech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, CyberTech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. CyberTech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in Baltimore and nationally. So if you find yourself interested, you'll have a chance to meet myself, Sarah, and the CyberTech team for a virtual introduction. You can get started today by scanning the QR code that I have at the top right-hand side of the screen right now. And if not, you can send an email to the one that we have included at the top of the show notes below. A huge thank you to CyberTech for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore Beyond. Partner, you said it. It's the biggest storyline. I could not agree with you more. But how about this? The Ravens finished with 298 yards rushing. That would have been absolutely north of 300 if it weren't for a couple kneel downs there late. That 298 number is the fourth most in franchise history. You see there on the screen, 2021, 03, 09, and 2023. Obviously, today, as we're live here on the 5th, we're, we're the other ones. And, man, Keaton's emergence. We all saw him and what he we thought he could be, uh, obviously, in preseason when he showed up and showed out. I love, first of all, the one the screenshot that you have here of Odell Beckham Jr., who we'll get to in just a second, on his 31st birthday, finds the end zone for the first time as a Baltimore Raven. But look at OBJ, the savvy vet, Sarah, when when the undrafted rookie is having a good time and probably lost in the sauce of being in front of 70,000, right, and his his father's team that he once played for, he gets gets into the end zone and is in his first, not first game as a Raven, but first where he's actually getting considerable touches, OBJ finds a way to to have the wherewithal, make sure he keeps his first ever touchdown ball for him. That was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, that was a cool moment, which I'll I'll get to because I want to transition that in just when we get to OBJ, I'm going to transition him celebrating and then everybody else celebrating for him. But um this this was oh, holy cow, Keaton Mitchell. And the and the fact that this day comes 
the game comes right after the week we're all we were all talking about trading for a running back. Yeah. 138 yards, 160 yarder, 140 yard touchdown. This guy would go into, I'm watching on TV here, and he goes into this pile of trenches of offensive line bodies and defensive line bodies. And it's like, where is he? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he like bursts through. Sorry if I hit the burst hard in the microphone there, but he bursts through. And then if Keaton Mitchell has a half a step on anybody, you aren't catching him. He is Bobby. He is the perfect. If he keeps this up, if he keeps this up, we'll get to John Harbaugh's um, notes on him. But if he keeps this up, because as Harbaugh said, now teams know who he is. They didn't really know who he was. Undrafted rookie, hasn't been able to play much, has been injured. So now people are going to know. But this is the perfect compliment to Gus Edwards. Just the perfect, the speed to Gus's power. And how, as a defense, do you line up and prepare for that speed? And Lamar Jackson and (laughs) Gus and Zay and all the, and like, how do you line up and account for this? It's just, it's unreal. 15.3 15.3 average per carry. That's insane. <laughs> yep. That is absolutely insane. And as you got here, Gus Edwards, this guy only had a run. Sorry, can you go back? Did he only have five rushes? I think he only had five. So Gus had um, five for 52. It felt like so much more because he scored on two of them. <laughs> he had 10.4 yards per average, which is insane. And then as you head up here, he's had six touchdowns in his last 33 carries. I mean, I want to call him a duo, but it's more than a duo because, you know, Hill did get out there and Lamar's out there. And it's just like, I'd say I feel sorry for him, but I don't. I just celebrate it. But these defenses don't have a chance if Keaton Mitchell is is able to. I'm not going to expect 138 every week, but if he's able to do, you know, Half of what he did today, this running this running back group is going to be a problem. Let's go to John Harbaugh postgame talking about his undrafted rookie running back. That is Keaton Mitchell, whose father, Anthony, played with the Ravens for a few years back in the early 2000s. One of the really cool stories, right, of, of why uh, it's taken a while for Keaton to get into the mix here, right? Spent a good portion of the beginning of the season on IR, but he is here and he is something else. Here's Harbs. You know what I mean? We're just trying to keep he's a humble guy which we appreciate. He works really hard. We don't want to we don't want to ruin that right now. But uh, no, he he's been raised the right way. I mean, here's he's he's a football family kid. He's a, he's a, he's a player's son, you know, and uh, and he's got a he's got an amazing family and they and he's been raised the right way. He's humble. He works hard. He knows how hard it is. Doesn't take anything for granted. And um, he doesn't get he doesn't get frustrated too frustrated you know with the injuries and things like that he just fights through it every single day and then see it pay off for him is great and you know he knows the next challenge now they know who he is so there's going to be a new challenge next week right and uh, he's looking forward to that so yeah he's proud of him I love what Dr. Dre just chimed in here in the live chat. Keaton Mitchell's a small, big man that runs with power. And, you know, one of the reasons Sarah why he probably wasn't drafted is is not because of the way he runs. It's the measurables, right? He is a very undersized running back. But the Dr. Dre's point, oh, he's anything but just in terms of the heart, the grit, the the way he cuts, the way that he bounces off tackles. It was so much fun to watch. It was a shot in the arm. To your point, a great compliment 
to a guy that's had a great couple weeks in Gus Edwards. And you just think that, man, this is this is the one-two punch that the Ravens need. And quite frankly, maybe they knew they needed this, and which is why maybe, maybe, just maybe, life after Derrick Henry, or at least the potential of that, wasn't a huge concern for the front office. Yeah. Keaton Mitchell, Gus Edwards simultaneously saying, Derek who? Josh who? <laughs> like uh, Your you know, tweets during it, the game. I'm looking at your tweets and I'm saying, oh, she's about to be on one tonight. There's no question about any of that. <laughs> How can anybody not be? Like, it's just, uh, uh, my goodness. But uh, here's what's also cool about Keaton is just his background and his story that not only is he an undrafted rookie, but his dad was an undrafted rookie. Um, he was teammates with our guy, Kadri Ishmael, who's been on the show a few times. And, you know, it's just, it's just so cool. Like, it's so cool. John Harbaugh, you know, he said, you know, he was raised right. He was raised in a football family. He yeah. knows he, he gets it. He can stay grounded, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. But how cool is that, that it's like an undrafted rookie dad come to the Ravens and an undrafted rookie son comes to the Ravens. That's just such a cool story. But you know, to kind of transition uh, to, to your point, like I, I didn't even realize I try to go back and watch the big plays during commercials and see what's going on and see an OBJ. And again, up to this point, remember OBJ hadn't scored yet. This yes. is OBJ's birthday. So uh, again, it's just all I heard was how selfish he was. That's all I heard. That's all I heard. And here we are in week uh, nine. This is his first touchdown in week nine, and this is supposed to be a, a – and it's his birthday, and he's out here getting the ball, making sure that Keaton Mitchell has it. But you know what? And this is what makes this team special this year, and this is why I talk about 2019 vibes. Because here you have him doing that, and then, you know, it's OBJ who gets his first touchdown since February of 2022. 630 630 days, and as he tweeted after the game, God's got a sense of humor, I'll tell you, because he finally gets his touchdown on his <laughs> birthday. Not to toot my own horn, but I called it, did I not? I said that it, well, I got. I went a little bit broad. I said it'll be either OBJ toot, or toot, Bateman. Toot, toot. There we go. <laughs> I said one of those two guys <laughs> will get their first touchdowns of the season. So you go from one moment when OBJ – is making sure this undrafted rookie has his game ball, his first touchdown of his entire NFL career. Then you cut to him scoring his touchdown, and then look at Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like, like I got a screen grab on here for the audio. Like, Lamar Jackson, if you watched the game, you couldn't miss it. He was so hype and so happy for OBJ. He's been talking about it. He's been wanting to get OBJ this moment. And ironically, he wasn't out there to help it, you know, happen. But then it's his best friend on the team, Tyler Huntley, who does make it happen. They went, he went to OBJ twice. The first one they couldn't connect, the second one they do. And this is what I'm talking about. This is like my Mark Ingram kind of vibes where like all you do is celebrate one another. So OBJ celebrating Keaton, Lamar Jackson and Tucker there is, is celebrating OBJ. The defense is like one unit. It just is like, that's the vibes I'm talking about from 2019. Who knows what's going to happen with the results in the end, but it's the, it's the, it's the celebration. It's the encouraging. It's just like everybody being, being selfless. It just, it, it's, it's culture is what it is. It's culture. And it's hard to stop a team who loves each other this much. 
Here's John Harbaugh talking about his veteran wide receiver, OBJ, who did, we'll get to what his celebration was, how to ingratiate yourself with Baltimore is exactly what he did with his touchdown celebration. But beforehand, John Harbaugh talking about number three. Odell, yeah, Odell, yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, you know, we had a word, and uh, and he's he's great. I mean, he just uh, see him come back, and you know, that's that's what you expect of a player like that, a veteran player who's done it before. Lamar threw a great pass on that slant, catch and run slant. It might, might have been man or three lock, one of the two, and uh, and then to get the touchdown pass, another a great throw. I think Snoop threw that one right. Touchdown pass, and it was a great call by Todd. Lamar, uh, uh, Odell ran a great route, got, got kind of a double move back out to the corner. Uh, yeah, it was, it's good to see. So not only does Odell reach the end zone for the first time as a Raven, but he had his best day just overall production-wise. Now, he did have the fumble where there was a little bit of carelessness with the one hand on the ball, which was very bizarre right before the half. He got bailed out there thanks to the defense, but he does finish with five receptions for 56 yards, that touchdown along a 15 on seven targets, Sarah. So uh, a good step in the right direction for OBJ. We spent a lot of time this week sort of dissecting his locker room vulnerability and where he's at and where he's going and where he's going to be. Everybody wants to know what the value of the contract is, who won the deal, all these big picture conversations. Today's a great example. You know, let's let's wait. Let's wait to have those conversations uh, when this until this season's all said and done for. Yeah, and like I said, I I really like the balance that OBJ has been writing. And I said that, you know, when we were going through his locker room where he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, <laughs> like I have to be patient because we're winning. And, and he has like, I don't care that he threw down his helmet. In fact, I like it. I like that fire. What you don't want is for him to start being upset that other people are doing it and he's not. And I don't think he's crossed that line. And that's why I bring up the Keaton Mitchell stuff and him yeah. being cool with Zay and encouraging all of them. Like be frustrated that you're not, you're not hitting a level that you know you can hit, be upset, have some fire about that. I'm cool with that. Now, the moment it starts to become selfish, then it's not good. And I don't think he has been selfish. I don't think it's been that way at all. So uh, then, you know, that he had to pull out, we grabbed this from, from Ravens productions, his, uh, his hat tip to Baltimore with his dance, his, his celebration dance. The Park Heights <laughs> strut. Not only does he pull it out for his touchdown celebration, but he nails it just as you expect a, a guy like OBJ too, right? That was perfect, and that's exactly how you ingratiate yourself with Baltimore. Can we hear from the Baltimoreans in the, in the live chat? Did you guys like that? I mean, that's how you represent right there. And I think he's officially a Baltimore Raven in a lot of their minds after that one. <laughs> and uh, here's OBJ with Garrett Downing of Ravens Productions after the game. Well, Dell, you got back in the end zone. I know this is something you've been working for for a long time. What were the emotions when you scored that touchdown? Man, I said um, after the Super Bowl, I was just talking to myself and I was like, I just can't go out like that. You know, I've dedicated so much to this game. I don't care if it was, I worked all this time to get back on the field for one catch. Um, I'm going to give it everything I got this year. So, truly, I mean, God, God's, he's got a sense of humor. You know, for the touchdown to come on a birthday, um, I, I couldn't ask for a better present. Yeah, I mean, it's a great birthday for you. Take me through that celebration. I mean, I know that this is something you probably had planned. Were you, is that it something? Just, <laughs> I had something else planned, but, okay. you know, Baltimore, the, the Park Heights Strut, or, or whatever it's called, I've just seen it for a long time and just wanted to show love to the city of Baltimore and just let them know that I came here 
And um, all I ever wanted to do was put on for him. So hopefully this is the beginning to, to uh, plenty. As you made your way over to the sidelines, you had Lamar Jackson, the rest of the guys going crazy for you. Yeah. What did it mean to see that love from your teammates as you made your way over to the sidelines after that touchdown? Uh, I think, you know, we all, it's just such a tight-knit group, you know, and we're all happy for the next person. And um, I think they know, you know, the work that I put into it. So they're, they're happy for me. Um, same way when Zay Flowers scored his first touchdown, Akeem scores his first touchdown. Um, it's a tight-knit group of brothers, so we're just all playing for each other. Last one, you guys win today 37-3 against one of the other best teams in the league. What does this win say about this team? Uh, I just think it's something that we've been on all year. Um, you know, we got to continue to keep putting your best forward each and every week. But this is a, you know, I was sitting back on the sideline. I've been a part, I've been on the other side and watched the Baltimore Ravens and watched the Baltimore Ravens for a long time. And what we've seen today and a couple of, you know, for the last couple of weeks is Baltimore Raven football. So, you know, it's just one win. You know, as much as you, you know, a great win, you got to find ways to start stacking them and uh, keep building them up. Great day for him. What's what's crazy, Bobby, is that, uh, you know, as we're talking about the offense here, obviously you got to talk about Lamar. You know, statistically, nothing's going to like super pop, right? Like, he had, he was 21 of 26, so accurate <laughs> as he's been all year long for just 187 yards. He added 60 on the ground. He had no touchdowns because the Ravens running backs keep, you know, like we said, popping off. Yeah. We've got Gus and Keaton and then, and then they took him out way early in the fourth. So then it was Tyler Huntley who scored on uh, – who threw the pass to, to Odell. So that doesn't count for Lamar. So this is going to be something where, like, when people talk about the MVP race, of course they're going to compare stats. But these stats do not say – I mean, he, uh, game, outside yeah. the turnovers. Yeah, outside the turnovers. And honestly, Bobby, they've really got to fix that. I mean, again, this is against a good team. But if you go up against what the Kansas City Chiefs or the Miami Dolphins who can who can strike like this, those absolutely have to be cleaned up. And I do not know what it is between him and Justice Hill. Maybe yeah. that's got to be taken out of the playbook. Uh, any sort of RPOs with those two? I, I mean, uh, I have no idea. I have no idea what to do there. Those guys have got to figure it out. So uh, LBJ, obviously, he's got to hold on. He's got to protect the ball. Um, so. He, I'm, hope you know, he's gonna, he, he'll, he knows that I'm sure. Uh, so they got to figure that out. But, um, but, but my point going back to my point is that you're gonna look at these stats and nobody's gonna think, oh, that was a sweet, a great game by Lamar, but it absolutely was. He's moving the ball, he's to in total control, he's so patient, he knows when to take off, he knows when to sit back, he knows how not to get hit. Um, there was the one hit, let's pull this up on the fourth and one. Now you pulled this Bobby. Yeah. Let me take this uh, off the screen so that we can see it. So yeah, Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner, the, the star linebacker for Seattle, just in the middle of this tackling Lamar. And it was just an awkward sort of bang, bang play. I know a lot of people were calling out whether or not it was dirty. Certainly didn't seem dirty whatsoever to me. I know Bobby's got a ton of respect based on what he had to say about Lamar this week. Just one of those things, right? When you're when you're in the middle of a pack and there's a lot of bodies flying all over the place, it's it's just unfortunate. You know, Lamar stays down, and, and and typically Lamar will stay down on the ground, Sarah, when he's frustrated from time to time, and you're kind of sitting mm -hmm. there holding all of our collective breaths, right? 
This one was a little bit different. He, he, you could tell he wasn't just frustrated. He was actually in pain. And then he got up and throughout that series, he's, he's limping. And so I think the decision to, first of all, he made it very clear after the game, John Harbaugh did as well, that, that he's good. Actually, great is the word that he used. I'm sure great is, is, is some of that has to do with a 37 to three victory. Hopefully he can get himself well rested and, and, and all taken care of in the you know, massage department and, and, and then their training rooms. But, uh, for him to be pulled so early, great decision, even if it's not – even if it is something minor, why not? You have that kind of lead. Forget the statistics. He doesn't care about them. So we know we know what this was. We know what kind of game he had, and John Harbaugh did too. Listen to this. He's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I wish it wouldn't happen that way, you know, but uh, he got – it's not bad. You just – I don't want to ever see anything like that, but he seems like he's okay. You okay, Lamar? Yeah, I'm good. There you go. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't think it was dirty. I think Bobby Wagner was just wrapping up. Um, it, I do think it was minor. In fact, after that, there was one time um, that it looked like he was trying to pull it and run. I'm trying to remember when that was, but it seemed like near near the goal line. So obviously he felt good enough to go ahead and, and try to run again. Um, and and I wouldn't be surprised because they were so cautious in the fourth quarter and pulling him, and obviously they they had that luxury with the lead. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they're cautious this week also, sure. uh, just like, you know, during practice. So if he's on that injury report, say like he even is limited, I think that that's not going to be something to get nervous about. To me, that's something that they should do just to be on the cautious side. Yeah. And this, this live chat user also made, made it clear, you know, observation. He looked fine the next series. I agree. And then also Jeff Zarebeck noted that, he didn't. He he wasn't getting tended to right after on the sideline when they came off the field. So well, they did though. Like Jeff didn't see it, but the but the uh, the CBS sideline reporter witnessed it and listened to the conversation between Lamar and the trainers. Uh, they did take a look, and he told them he was fine and all I that kind you. of stuff. So I know Jeff didn't see it. I I noted his tweet too. But then right after I read the tweet, they she they went down to the sideline reporter and she saw it all. The, the okay, trainers did you. come to him, and and he was like, "I'm fine." I didn't catch that. Tracy Wolfson was all over that. Okay, cool. So how about Lamar in the laboratory, though? First five seasons, completion percentage, pass yards per game, rush yards per game, these statistics provided by CBS. Look at the the progression through now. I guess this was probably entering week nine, so they had an eight-game sample size so far this season, but he's up in – pretty much every single category besides rush yards per game. And that's okay because they're getting it in other areas and he's becoming a more established passer as we've all seen. So pretty telling stats, awesome pull there by the CBS research team. So one thing I want to, one more thing on offense, we haven't even gotten to the defense yet, which didn't even give up a touchdown. So we're going to get to them. But one thing I wanted to pull, um, point out was some of Tyler Linderbaum's play. First of all, I just grabbed this because it was hilarious to me. Uh, he was going up against, um, is it Leonard Williams we talked about, who the, who the, the Seahawks, Seahawks just traded for, the newest Seahawk who gave who gave Tyler Linderbaum his lowest PFF grade of his career when, when uh, Williams was still at the Giants. So, you know, that was definitely a matchup to watch. And, like, when they was fourth and one and he and Lamar got them to go um, – offsides are in the neutral zone it wasn't Williams it was Jones but look at the body language of Bobby is that Bobby Wagner in C54 yep <laughs> yeah so he's down with his head being like 
I'm playing with a bunch of idiots right now. And then- <laughs> Sarah, could you believe they jumped there? I'm like, are you kidding me, Seattle? What are you guys doing? <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but you can see that Tyler Linderbaum is like, if you if you watch the game copy and go back and watch that, I mean, I try to get the right screenshot. It's pretty good, but oh, watching right him one. scream. <laughs> yeah, but watching him scream for a few seconds, getting absolutely amped up is hilarious. And the last thing, and I will pull this all 22. Uh, if it's out tomorrow, I will get it. Because on Keaton Mitchell's 60-yard run, <laughs> listen, this is why it's always wise, even if you don't see it at first. This is why you always give the offensive line credit. Keaton Mitchell, outside of the circle that I'm showing, Keaton Mitchell's right here. He busts through that tackle, right? So that's where my eye was during the game is on Keaton Mitchell because he did break a tackle. Um, and then he he outrun everybody. But you, I cannot wait to get the all-22 because this screen grab does not do it justice. This is Linderbaum's first block on it because he's pulling, which happens like, what, uh, seven yards up from the line of scrimmage? He takes – this dude out. I think that looks like number fifty-six. I can't quite tell. I mean, I mean, Bobby. He, if you go back and Leonard, watch it, I think that might be Leonard. Is Williams. that Leonard? Oh my gosh! Look that, that might up. Be if Leonard it Williams, is, yeah. If it is, and again, we'll get it on the all twenty-two. It would be such poetic justice, but just lays this dude out, and then Tyler Linderbaum just keeps running, and I'm not joking. He throws his body into what looks like two linebackers taking out one guy, which took out the next guy. Okay, so Tyler Linderbaum blocked uh, probably three or four guys by himself on this play. There was other good blocking here too, and again, Keaton broke one tackle. But, like, he was on a mission, Tyler Linderbaum, today. And it's hilarious to me that we're able to talk about it. He was so good that we talk about him immediately in a post-game show. Usually it takes us to get to the All-22, but that's how much he stood out today. He, I cannot wait to see the grades on him. Uh, I mean, this was a phenomenal play. My bad. That's Jordan Brooks, a linebacker. Williams is big 99. How could I forget that? But, yeah, speaking to the offensive line play and just how many holes they opened up, Lamar was, was sure when asked about the run game to give the big boys up front a little bit of credit before he answered. The running backs, the office, well, I start with the offensive line making great blocks, but the running backs was doing what they do, you know, making explosives. Um, Gus, you know, running what, running for two touchdowns, Justice doing his thing on the ground, then Key, just flying, flying past everyone. Great job by those guys in the offensive line. He did breakaway speed, unbelievably so. That just to make it, it just kind of you, you sit there and Jim Nance's call, almost like he had a gasp for air too. That it was yeah. that quick, like he has got another gear to run away from these guys, a runaway train. Quick pause. We just broke a new viewership record here in post game format. We've got well over twelve hundred people concurrently watching this. You guys are the best. If you haven't already done so, please like this video if you're enjoying the content and subscribe to both the Vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels. This is awesome. And while we're doing this, we do want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. These two are supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through Patreon this month. So shout out Lauren Wonderlick and Ken Buckner. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. If you want to do the same, visit the show notes or patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast to learn more about what we're offering this month. Sarah Keaton was all over the field. The runaway speed was awesome. We've already talked about him, but yeah, the offensive line deserves its flowers. 
obviously on the strip sack there. Ronnie Stanley got blown up again. So, yes, Lamar has nine fumbles this year, but like we've talked about, he's in no man's land in some of those, and you really can't fault him specifically for this one. There, you, you can fault him for some of the other ones, but on this one, he is in no man's land. They call it the blindside protector for a reason, and on that one specific play, Ronnie did not do, do his job, and he's got to do better. He's got to be better than that. That's another one we should pull from the All-22 when it comes out uh, so we can show it because you're absolutely right. Lamar Jackson has to operate as if his $100 million left tackle will give him, you know, two to three seconds. I, I want to go back and find out how many seconds he had, but um, I'm forgetting the guy's name. I mean, he just did one move on Stanley, and I mean blew right past him. Uh, Lamar's arm was, you know, going back to get ready to throw. You absolutely can't. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, it got better. It got better. There was it was actually two plays in a row with with Ronnie Stanley. There was one where he oh, let this Maffe, guy though, get, isn't it? Boy, Mafe, he's a that's he's it. like a freak of nature. He he was really disruptive today at times, as disruptive yeah. as you can be in a thirty-seven to three blowout. But <laughs> yeah. So, and that's why, you know, it seemed to get better throughout. So you don't want to come down too hard. Again, we'll, we'll wait till the film is studied in all, but it was actually back-to-back plays where Stanley let him through, but Lamar scrambled and he turned it into a first down. And then the very next play, I think it was the very next play, or it could have been two plays later that he got, he got the strip sack. So um, I, I am just not convinced again, Ronnie Stanley, um, re-injured not re-injured he injured a different part of the leg for the than the ankle that he's been dealing with so uh, i i just don't feel like somebody can 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 you know not play 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 to a lower standard than they're used to if if something's not still bothering him he's he's not like super old or anything like that so um i still have faith that he's gonna get get back but it definitely needs to happen sooner than later because, yep. you know, the fumble you don't like, but what would be worse is if Lamar got hurt. And that's more what I'm concerned about. Yep. A couple other notes for me offensively before we turn the page to a, a group that's quite frankly, I think Tony Romo said it at, at, at time, like the Ravens defense can win games by itself. I think that's what he said. So we're going to get to that group in just a second. But a couple other notes that we may have glossed over Keaton's 40 yard touchdown was the first Ravens uh, that they've scored from outside the red zone this season. So it's funny, as explosive as they've been, they've just been really efficient inside the 20. Uh, and I just found that to be funny, that that specific statistic in particular. The Ravens, uh, they have they topped 100 rushing yards for the 25th game in a row. Gus gets his second touchdown. You know, he obviously had had multiple touchdowns, but a new single season best for him. He scored his seventh touchdown of the season so the guy's just been super productive and it's funny like you said too you would have thought that based on how productive he's been he would have had more than five carries but he didn't um very very efficient and then the Seahawks run defense was ranked eighth in the NFL coming into this game allowing 96.9 yards per game on the ground and the Ravens finished with what we say 298 with a couple kneel downs. So this was utter dominance. Pete Carroll just spoke with the media about an hour or so ago. He essentially paraphrasing it, say, you know, he said, look, it was a long day and we got it handed to us. 
That's all you can possibly say after that. That's what Dan Campbell said a couple weeks ago, Sarah. And it was yet another offensive performance that's that just makes you think, what can this team be? Because I, I still don't think we've seen the, the, the true potential. We've seen plenty of flashes for sure. Uh, but you take those turnovers away and they could be in the 40-point category easily today, right? Or just kick the the field goal at the end instead of kneeling down. Then you could have, yeah, yeah, either both, both. I'm sure it could have maybe even hit 50. I mean, who knows? So, no. So flipping it over to the defensive side, Bobby, coming into this game, the Ravens were number two in total defense. I thought it was number one, but it was number two. I'm sure they're going to be number one after today. Uh, just like number one in points per game. Number three in pass defense. I mean, just in so many categories, they're dominating, and they looked like the number one defense today. Just, just, I feel like that DK Metcalf, what was it, like a 50 yard or something like that? That was unreal. I feel like that's, that, yeah, that was, that was, that was nice, but it was pretty much the only thing they got going. The only thing. That's what led to their, yeah, that was the that was what led to their three points, I believe. It did. It just because that was the, they were capitalizing off the turnover. Was it OBJ's turnover? Yep. Was it off of that one? Okay. Oh yeah, you're right. It was yeah because the other turnover between Lamar and Justice Hill, um, I believe they, that was when Geno got his interception uh, and was able to to stop it. So, um, but but yeah, they just had nothing going the entire day. Uh, yeah, it was only that one play. So obviously, man of the, I was going to say hour, but it's been man of the season. Geno Stone rocking the Ed Reed sweatshirt today. I, I was going to look this up. What's the most interceptions Reed's gotten in a season? Is it eight or nine? Oh, I don't know. It might be nine. I don't know. Somebody no, hit nine. the live chat here with it that. Is. That's why. This is, this is why I posted Jonas Shapers in here. That's why I grabbed it. So after the game... Uh, they asked him about his sweatshirt with Ed Reed on it, and it's an awesome one. I love Ed Reed with the goatee, and it's got a little gray in there, which I feel like just symbolism symbolizes a little bit of wisdom, right? It's got his shades, has the hat on. Uh, so according to Jonas Schaefer, they asked him about the sweatshirt. Uh, Gino says, just paying respect to the goat. And then Jonas says, uh, Gino was not willing to say Reed's nine picks, nine picks seasons were a target. Got to be nine picks. Um, So, but he's at six, as we know, which um, he's had an interception four straight games, which ties a record. No, it's one short of the record by uh, Eric Turner in 1996, who had five or had a pick in five straight games. So um, his six interceptions is more than 13 NFL teams. Like full teams can't, can't catch Geno. And then he almost had one more. I grabbed this screen grab in that end zone. He got his hands on a ball, almost had seven after the game. He said he was mad he didn't get two. Uh, so, yeah, why not? Let just, just keep staying hungry. Keep staying greedy. That's what we need. Unbelievable. How about this? Minka Fitzpatrick tied for the NFL lead with six interceptions last year. Okay. Geno's got six interceptions through nine games. Like, the guy has a knack for the football. He's an awesome story that we've already documented as a former seventh rounder who was waived by the Ravens right at one point because of a numbers game. And all he's done since this year, and really over the last couple years, besides bailing this team out in in key injury situations depth-wise, is playmake. 
And that's exactly what Marcus Williams does when he's healthy. But the big thing is when or if he's healthy. And so Gino has put this team in a position where they're, quite frankly, is anybody even talking about the concern of not having Marcus? <laughs> like Gino, of course, they're better with him on the field because he's a proven playmaker and a ball hawk. And we've seen that in the sample size of when he is healthy. But unfortunately, their 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 huge free agent acquisition from a couple of years ago, they put a, a lot of money and a lot of investment in just hasn't been a whole a whole availability has not been his calling card. And Gino is really kind of um, taking that conversation and <laughs> put it in a completely different direction. He has really bailed the secondary out. Awesome story. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, it's really amazing. Some of, some, I mean, not. Just, I mean, there's Gino. There's now Keaton Mitchell. There's uh, Petrum Carey. We haven't even talked about Petrum Carey, who was filling in for Morgan Moses. Um, who are some other depth guys? There were so many depth guys that held things over until Marlon Humphrey got back. Like, there's so many unsung heroes on this team. But yeah, Gino Gino Stone certainly a huge one that I certainly didn't see coming. And I do like, I think we got a glimpse of what life could be like when Williams does return. And he has been practicing now, I believe for two, two weeks. Um, but they, they were moving guys around to Hamilton uh, in the slot quite a bit. They brought in Worley uh, in there to be back there with Gino stone and the vision that Stino ha- Gino stone has and the, the way he's able to bait quarterbacks into things it's just like it's one of those stories where it's like sometimes there's guys that will just like their rookie year pop out. You know he's going to be sensation. Lamar Jackson's one of those guys, right? Um, as soon as he comes in, Ravens start winning. Geno's one of those guys where it's like just sitting back and learning, while not having all the pressure, not having the not having the 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 spotlight on you, and he just knows now the game so well that he's able to lead in interceptions. And you better believe all quarterbacks are noting where he's at. That 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 interception, I can't wait again to see that all 2022 20, because I felt like he was playing off, kind of baiting Gino, the other Gino a little bit and then came flying in and breaking on the ball. He he's playing at a at another level. He somehow is always the beneficiary of these overthrows. Gino airmailed that one, but it was still a tough one to corral, and he goes up and gets it. Like, he's got a great set of hands, and this dude yeah. is just always seems to be a step ahead 
and the spacing and the alignment and just his overall vision for where he is on the football field has been a lot of fun to watch. What's also been a really great story is a guy that literally wasn't even here throughout training camp, right? Much like Jadavian Clowney. Now, maybe Kyle, when was he signed? I guess later on through training camp. And he was actually pretty funny at the post-game podium. A couple more sacks for Kyle. And the way that he greeted local media when he stepped up to the podium was as follows. <clears throat> All right. I'm Kyle Vannoy, if you didn't know. <laughs> this guy's really humorous, Sarah. So as we know, you know, late, late addition for this team. He's been very, very productive and disruptive for them. Right before he was signed, the guy was literally filling in on Pat McAfee. Like he clearly wants to get into broadcasting at another at another point, you know, post-career. But back-to-back sacks. The second is a strip sack which was recovered by the Ravens, Broderick Washington. He's got five sacks in six games, and his career high is six and a half in 15 games, as Jonas Schaefer noted out. Mike McDonald, as Tony Romo said, maybe I'll have to whisper this as well, is dialing it up, has got this team firing on all cylinders, defensively speaking, that as Tony said, he's going to be a head coach very soon. We have no idea where that's going to be, but he somehow is getting the most out of his guys, including Patrick Queen, which you'll get to. But Kyle Sarah has set quite the edge for Baltimore since coming here. That's just how we roll coming out of BYU, Bobby. That's just how Cougars <laughs> roll. You dominate on the field, That's and right. then you have some you have a sense of humor in, in the in the uh pressure. No, the pressure was hilarious. If you get a chance, people should go listen to the whole thing. His last two questions, and he was up right before Lamar. So the last two questions was um somebody asked him. Were you guys ticked off that you let Arizona kind of run a little bit on you guys? And he's like, heck yes. And then he's like, next question. And then they asked, um, like, do you and Jadavian Clowney, do you guys feel like, you know, you've got, you know, a lot to prove because you guys were signed late and, um, and he looks into the, the, or gets close to the, into the microphone and he goes, training camp is overrated who needs it and then walks off <laughs> he's like he's done with this pressure and then lamar comes on and lamar's like that man's funny that man's funny he's <laughs> just like he was so entertaining on there uh but definitely more entertaining with his sack and then his sack strip that was uh just oh legendary signing by eric DaCosta. both him and jadavian Clowney. just legendary signings and Ryan Clark, former Pittsburgh Steeler turned ESPN analyst, made sure to give J.D. a little bit of love when he was disrupting early in this one. If you haven't watched the Ravens play defense this year, you're missing big-time work by Jadavian. He's been extremely active all season, created chaos in the backfield in the pocket for running backs and QBs. Dude has had motion all year. You know who's going to have motion and certainly momentum, contractually speaking? Justin <laughs> Matabike. Big number 92, as we all know, is in his contract year, and he is having himself a year. Rocco DeSangro from Fox 45, just noting what Justin has been able to do over the last six games. He's got six straight games with at least a half sack. That's a Ravens franchise record. And Sarah, he's doing it all, again, with a lot of pressure going into a contract year, something he didn't want to talk about during his first media availability session going back into the summer. But this guy is developing right before our eyes. 
I can't help but think about Chuck Smith, Dr. Rush, who they brought in to coach the outside linebackers. I know he's he's the interior D-line, and he's working with, with different folks and whatnot, but it's it's got to be a factor in this. And he's just – I would love to talk to somebody who knows what's the biggest difference this year between years past because has he always been disruptive? Has he always had upside? Has he always you know shown flashes? Absolutely. But Sarah, Tony Romo got up there today during the broadcast and essentially compared his numbers. I think it was more so his numbers, maybe not his play. But Aaron Donald, the fact that these two are in the same conversation with one another shows you the impact he's having so far through nine weeks. I think he's going to need a couple stack a few more of these types of seasons to really be <laughs> in Aaron Donald's kind of category. But um, I'm seeing questions in the comments like, how are you going to pay all these guys? And you won't be able to. Um, there's a lot of breakout guys. Uh, for me, you got to put priorities on it. But even if you have priorities, you never know what the market's going to be. But to me, out of these three guys, I'd put Gino at number three in terms of priority because you've got two other safeties. You put Queen at number two because you've got Roquan. And yeah. then I put Matabike number one because uh, these, this game is won and lost in the trenches. And I feel like they've it's the Ravens have always been certainly solid in the on the defensive line. But to have uh what did we say? How many how many sacks is he at? Justin's one, at seven and a half. Seven and a half in nine games from up the middle? We're not talking like an outside linebacker. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then the guy also against the run. No, to me, to me, he's got to be priority number one in terms of who you, you resign. And the Ravens aren't going to have a lot of money. So you got to you have to choose wisely. You mentioned PQ. He leads the way defensively in terms of overall production in the tackle category with six, five of which were solo. He did have a tackle for loss sprinkled in there, but you always tweeted out, I feel like he knifes through the the line so so seamlessly right he's got such good vision and toughness and almost like foreseeing things before they happen you know he's just got a great awareness I guess spatial awareness is what it comes down to but uh, he's got great body control too and and remember earlier on in his career I feel like I've mentioned this before this year but and this wasn't in space per se but in space the angles that he took and the timing were a little bit off that was one of his weaknesses now He's just so fundamentally sound, has such great body control and the finishing ability that he has, too. He's running around sideline to sideline. Another great game from PQ, who's also in the middle of a contract year, like you mentioned. That tackle for loss, uh, I want to go back and, and watch it again. I watched it once live and I was listening to Tony. But to me, so he was coming way over uh, from the right hash mark and... And I remember Tony Romo, Romo when they were showing the replay, Tony's like, oh, well, because he came from way over there, Gino's got to realize, oh, I don't know if he was saying that, he, that Gino should audible out and then throw the, throw the quick pass out there. But to me, if that is what he was saying, and again, I need to go watch it, I was like, but how would a Gino Smith even know? Because, Again, Patrick Queen timed it up so well yeah. that he didn't come over until really the exact right time to right before they're supposed to snap. It looked like he was going to go be out there in coverage. And that's why I tweeted like that's why I was tweeting about his timing just being uncanny because it's like Geno Stone couldn't have called the audible. He couldn't have said, OK, wait, I'm going to keep this because 
He's saying where the, where the rush is coming from, where that pressure is coming from, you got to throw it out there. Well, how do you do that when the pressure doesn't start coming till right before you snap it? And then the timing's so perfect that he comes right through the line before even, but anybody even knows that he's there. Yep. Like it was just, it was such an excellent play on Patrick Queen's part. Mm. Couple other notes as well. You know, Sarah, <laughs> they're receiving playmaking ability Seattle's is no joke I mean you got a rookie who a lot of people are high on and Jackson Smith at Jigba you got DK Metcalf who we know is a freak of nature and always a threat like we saw on his one and lone catch of the day which went for 50 Tyler Lockett is a very proven capable savvy vet okay the three of those guys that's where your playmaking ability is they had a combined seven ten ten catches that's it 10 catches, and I'll have to add up the receiving yards. But it's it's not that pretty. Like, it's not that wow. And so Brandon Stevens and Marlon Humphrey can't wait to look at the next-gen stats just in terms of who they were lined up with, you know, throughout the majority of the game. But the Ravens cornerbacks, Kyle Hamilton was all over the field. We know that he did some push-ups after that near interception that he should have had in his bag. <laughs> He's going to be thinking about that one tonight. Uh, I, I heard this week, by the way, that he wasn't a playmaker. That's what I heard on local radio. So not <laughs> sure, not sure where that came from. But uh, anyway, Sarah, the secondary major honorable mention today. Uh, yeah, and and uh, I feel like all these sacks. Let's see, one, there was they ended with four. By the way, a shout out to Odafe Owe. He got a sack. I felt like he could have had one more. He um he he hit Geno Smith, but didn't wrap up, um, which just ticks me off, but I'm going to focus on the, the sack he did get. He had a sweet spin move on it. Um, so, so those four sacks, I felt like a number of them were a bit of coverage sacks to kind of, to your point on, on how well the defensive backs in the secondary played where it felt like Gino stone, it was not like the, all the sacks, like they were just down his throat after a couple seconds. Like, no, they were like, he couldn't find anybody in coverage. And it's weird to me. I don't know why their passing offense isn't better than with the lineup you just talked about with their receivers. They were only number fifth, yeah, fifteen in pass offense. So I don't know. I know that we had our our guest on from ESPN in Seattle there, and um, he had talked about how Gino hadn't been making great decisions. He hadn't been playing well as of late. Obviously, did last year is, is the comeback player of the year, but. I just expect them to have a much better passing game than they than they've shown so far and what they showed today. Yeah. <laughs> Based on our predictions, nobody ever, you know, neither one of us thought that it was going to be a 37 to three onslaught. Goodness gracious. I thought this was going to be a tight game. I thought this was going to be a three point game. I thought we were going to be like chewing our fingernails at the at, at the at the end. That was not the case. Goodness gracious. Let me tell you one more time about this post game show exclusive sponsor and the Exclusive sponsor of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith. That is our friends at CyberTech, a next-generation local recruiting, resourcing, and outsourcing firm, a new way to acquire resources. Whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, CyberTech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, CyberTech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. CyberTech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if you're interested, you'll have a chance to meet myself, Sarah, and the CyberTech team for a virtual introduction. You can get started today by scanning the QR code that's in the upper right-hand corner of your screen, or 
You can go to the, the show notes below where you can find the email to directly reach them. Again, that can be found at the top of the show notes. Huge thanks to Cybertech for supporting what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. Where do you want to go next? Um, should we take a look around the league in the AFC North and then maybe take a couple of uh, questions slash calls to kind of wrap yep. things up? So Steelers, obviously, and by the way, if you want to take, if you want to pop into the program for a quick FaceTime, the link is in the top of the show notes as well. So you can do so and pop on for 30 seconds. The Steelers took care of business on Thursday night football against the Titans. Will Levis probably is the QB of the future for Tennessee is what my big takeaway is. But the bigger takeaway is that Pittsburgh has been outgained, Sarah, in every single game this year. And yet they're sitting right there in the conversation at five and three. If that's not Mike Tomlin, I don't know what is. <laughs> I, I tweeted this that night because I watched after we recorded. Um, I think that was after we recorded. All these days are like blurring together now. But um, uh, the, the, oh, the Steelers are so annoying because um, that's what they do is they just hang around long enough. Bobby, they've been outgained in all of their games, and yet they're five and three. <laughs> like It's just crazy to me. I believe that's like some sort of record. But no, I tweeted out that that's what they do. Their strategy is just to hang around, hang around, and then they play well in the fourth quarter, and somehow they're so annoying. And I had Steelers fans in my tweets, you know, upset about that. But I'm like, you should take that as a compliment. Like, if your rival thinks that you're annoying, that's a good thing. So, but they are. They're annoying. Browns won today. They took care of Arizona 27-0. Woof. Um, Bengals are obviously playing uh, tonight. I'm sure we'll all be watching that. Uh, so that's that. Did you did you happen to watch a little bit of Miami, Kansas City this morning? Nah, nah, not at all. I was I was for the most part the, the brother and fathers in town. So we were just at oh, the tailgate right. at Bmore around town. It was awesome. We had C Mac on the show on the program. Chris McAllister, Ravens legend of the game, it was cool to have him pop on for a few minutes and got a lot of questions nice. answered about about various things. But yeah, did you? I did. So I was driving back from the East Coast. We were out uh, in, in Virginia this weekend. So was, we left at 530 so we could make it back just in time for this this game to start. But uh, I wasn't impressed. Maybe I'm underestimating both Miami's and the Chiefs defenses. But I didn't feel like either offense like it may, and they're also in Germany. So who knows about, you know, the time changes and all that. But I I didn't feel like watching them that they were like. Not only did I feel like they weren't out of the Ravens league, like, again, this is week to week. They are in Germany, so I don't want to – but based off of today, Sunday's performances, it seemed like they weren't in the Ravens league. Carl, uh, Carlin wants to know, is Roquan getting on this week? We are efforting. We're hoping that he's going to be on Monday the 6th. We're waiting on his marketing reps or waiting for, for confirmation and whatnot. So be on the lookout for that. We'll, of course, update you on Twitter and, and across other platforms as to whether or not you can expect an episode with Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith coming up on Monday afternoon for a little day after. And I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say after this. It's not really new anymore, but what we have been doing is, is getting people involved. A brand new segment, so new, it's like a month old at this point, but viewers join the vault. And let's do it by bringing in Justin first and foremost. As always, let us know where you're tuning in from and one thing you want to talk about. And just so we can spread the rock around, to use a basketball term, uh, 30 seconds, please. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's up, Bobby? Hey, Sarah. Calling in from Northeast Pennsylvania. Born and raised in Baltimore my whole life. West Baltimore, man. Love Heck you, yeah. too. The content's great. Listen, 
my son was at the game today. Him and his girlfriend were down there. Uh, I'm so glad that we stomped them out 37 to three. And I, I definitely want to try to keep this positive. Bobby, your dad crushed it. Freak. <laughs> Love. <laughs> Mr. Trossett was the man. Look, I didn't want to sell you out like that, but get get a woman, man. Get them some great. <laughs> know what they want. Give them we, some great babies. We, we got to update Sarah. Just just give us a quick little synopsis of what you heard. Uh, oh, your popsy, you know, he was rooting for you, man. That's your dog. <laughs> He's your wingman. He tried to get you some love, so. I love Mr. Trost, but look, to the game, I mean, we're doing great, and I love it, but Ronnie Stanley, I, I don't know what you're seeing. I don't want to be negative about it. I always see the positive. With the rose-colored glasses, I don't want to be looking through them. He's given up a lot of pressures, and he, it looks like trouble on the left side. Like, is it is it his ankle? Is he is he not back fully healthy or, or what? I don't know. And uh, the Justice Hill RPOs. Scratch that out of the playbook, Sarah. You're right. Scratch that. Try those with Keaton Mitchell. But anyway, I love you guys. Thanks for the content. Be good, man. You're the man, Justin. Appreciate the call. You're probably wondering what he's talking about. <laughs> well, I got I got two things. Let me tell you. I don't wonder. I guarantee this is what happened, and I didn't watch it. Your dad came on the show. He was absolutely off, off the chart because that's how he is. He's just yeah. always off the chain. He's totally entertaining. <laughs> And he was talking about you getting married and having grandchildren. Is this correct? P pretty much. But he put me on blast. Yeah. Like he told the whole place, like, <laughs> you know, th this guy needs a any women out there, you know, is essentially what he did. He put a PSA for all of our women subscribers. So, yeah, that was just a fantastic moment at the tailgate. But it was fun to be with both my dad and, and my brother. One TJ. other one other quick point to hit to what he said. Um, I agree with him on Keaton Mitchell. Justice Hill could very well lose his his snaps to Keaton Mitchell. Oh yeah. Not only cause not only cause Keaton's running so well, but also because he keeps fumbling with Lamar. If they can't get that fixed and you just can't go to him anymore. And so like he said, go, go with Keaton, see how he does it. Absolutely. Manuel, you're up next. Let us know where you're from. I already know, but just in case the more than a thousand people on this joint live stream right now, don't know, let them know. And the one thing you want to talk about. Hey, uh, I'm calling from Mexico. Uh, Three things, not just one. Uh, every time the Ravens win, I get a Mountain Dew for celebration. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Second of all, hey, we've been telling about Keaton Mitchell all season, even preseason. You give this guy a chance, he's going to give it to you. And there you go. And I don't know about JK, but I think we already found his replacement over here in a sense of way. Uh, if he doesn't agree with a nice contract. Um, third, if we can actually beat Cleveland and Bengals, these two upcoming weeks, that crown is ours. No question, it's ours first place on the division. Doesn't matter if we lose to the Steelers the last game. We're, we're already division leaders, so. Five Appreciate one. you, brother. Thanks so much for calling in, man. That's no, awesome. No, Thank there's you. There's no question about that. I mean, if that that's that was so that's what was so important about the early start uh successfully going about, you know, the in-division games, right? Which allowed them to be in this position in the first place. Along the lines of the JK conversation, I believe Gus is in a contract year as well. So Yeah, Keaton and um I'm trying to think there's one other person who's under contract, but it's neither Gus nor nor JK. 
Uh, listen, I, I, we all believe in Keaton, but we do need to see him pass the next tests, which is people planning for him, opponents planning for him. And uh, to his point, this will be very, very interesting. I want to see the Ravens play this well against division rivals who know them extremely well. And I don't even mean that, I don't even mean that it has to be 37 to three, but I want to see an, an AFC, some AFC North rematches where it's not so close. And then it's like, okay, if people who know them can't stop them, Ooh, watch out. Christian B, we're coming up to you. Let us know where you're from, where you're tuning in from, and what you want to talk about. Welcome inside the vault. Hey, guys. Thanks again for having me. Uh, I apologize for having the sunglasses on. I'm having an insane allergic reaction to something, and one of them is falling oh, shut. sorry. Doesn't look good, but I'm fine. I'm fine. But uh, that's not trying to be a cool kid. But uh, Columbus, Ohio, as uh, previously stated, uh so my question is uh well first i wanted to say thank you for everyone in the in the comments and myself for clarifying when sarah was saying geno stone geno smith for the past three weeks i was very confused i was like this guy on a roster i don't know <laughs> but uh so that being said and this is to you and everybody in the comments and everybody watching um do you feel in any way shape or form that um this is the best Ravens team ever. That being said, Bobby, I know you're a little bit younger, not to throw hate or shade, but I was there in 2000. And, uh, you know, the, the way the rules are, we're never going to have a team. Like, no, no, nothing like that is ever going to happen again. But I feel like as long as we keep taking just a baby step forward every week, this could be the best Ravens team ever, period. That's my question. Thank mm, you. Thanks for the call, brother. Thanks, Christian. What do you think, Sarah? I think it's too early to say that. I know we're feeling good after a 37-3 win, um, but we have two Super Bowl rosters in the Ravens' history. Uh, I feel like, I'm trying to remember, 2007 I feel like was underrated. So we're feeling good. We'll see how healthy they stay. We'll see how far they go. But um, could it be? Sure. I mean, we'll see. But we're far from being able to give them that crown just yet. Chef Trez, you're up next, my man. Let us know where you're from. One thing you want to discuss. What's up, my man? What's happening, y'all? Um, again, just want to say this is another great Ravens win. Um, it, it seems like we're we're really picking up the momentum and the speed and uh and the steam and everything. Um, one thing that I want to ask you guys, do you see it possible in this offseason that Eric Costa might play around with Boyd years a little bit more? He did a little bit with Odell. And I think it worked just in terms of like the cap salary and everything. But to resign some of these key guys coming up, it'd be cool to see. Thanks for the call, man. What do you think, Sarah? This is your bread and butter. Uh, I mean, I could see him picking and choosing his moments, but do I think this is going to be like a regular thing that EDC does now? No. And I also don't think just because he's so, um, he's got Ozzie Newsom ingrained in him so much. Uh, I just always remember Ozzy saying over and over and over again that they will never do what they did after the 2000 Super Bowl team, which was try to keep everybody together and and really mortgaging really the re the next few years because then they weren't even contenders for a while. So um, so do I think he could use void years here and there for sure, but it's going to have to be for really extenuating circumstances like we had this last offseason where – he was trying to make sure nobody else in the league stole Lamar Jackson from him. Uh, he wanted to be set up for that. So, um, so yeah, he would do it to make sure he got, he has his franchise QB 
but I, I just don't see it being coming a, a regular thing. I think he'll pick and choose his moments. Welcome back, David. Thanks for holding. How you doing, brother? Remind everybody where you're at and what do you want to talk about? Hey, guys. Um, my name's David Beach from Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, thanks for having me on again. I didn't get to say this last time, but thank you both for all the work you do. Anybody I run into that's a, even a basic, just any kind of Ravens fan, I'm giving your information out. Because I love Appreciate you. that. Absolutely. And so um, my question this week, is um, it goes back to the running back position, shocker, because uh, that seems to be all I like to talk about. But um, my worry is I, I really like what I saw out of Keaton Mitchell, but it goes back to he, he needs to stay healthy, and I need to see it on a consistent basis. So the worry is that Gus is in a contract year. You don't know what J.K.'s situation is going to be. Where do you go from here as far as getting a running back that can be a top-tier guy? I would love for it to be Keaton, but do you think they re-signed J.K.? And happy birthday, Beckham. Hey, there you go. That three. <laughs> yeah. That's looking clean, brother. Thank you so much for the like call. It. Do they re-sign J.K.? It's funny how the, all these big-picture conversations come up after a big win. You know, I feel like I'm not even there yet, Sarah. But, yeah. look, you know, let's let's see what they have in Keaton. Yeah, to, to David's point, he was banged up early. He spent part of the, the season on IR, right, with the shoulder, I believe. It was a preseason thing where he kind of came out in the, in the sling, if I remember correctly. I want to see what they have in Keaton. This was awesome. But to John Harbaugh's point post-game, like, now he's got to adjust. Like, life in the NFL, they're going to be watching tape. Cleveland is all week long on Keaton, and he's going to be public enemy number one in terms of what they're going to have to stop. Maybe Gus gets the nod just because he's a proven guy, and and that's part of the game for you know the, the game plan as well. Uh, but, but of course, you know, J.K. is going to have to also make a decision, Sarah, in terms of uh, where he's at in his career when he comes back from this torn Achilles, God willing. And, uh, you know, right now, availability has not been something that that he can really kind of uh, use as what an advantage in contract negotiations. And I know a lot of us feel like the Ravens made the right decision, unfortunately, this past offseason by by not re-signing him, uh, even though there were talks. Yep, I agree. I think there's plenty of time to uh, for the Ravens to gather more data and more information on both these running backs before they make any financial commitments. Mike from Miami, then Terry, you guys are on deck. Mike, I, we already know where you're from, so what do you want to discuss? And, and thanks for being with us. You got oh, us? Oh, you're, you're uh, on deck, baby. Yeah, I, yeah, I should yeah, have said yeah. you're at the plate, maybe not uh, on deck. I'm sorry. Man, I just wanted – I don't even have a question. I just wanted to say we did well today. It's a good Sunday. We beat a Seattle team 37-3. to <laughs> Seattle. Seattle. This is not a bad team at all. This is a really good team in Seattle. And we beat them 37 to 3. We 7 and 2. Let's just go to this next week and let's just keep on going. Thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate you. Terry, last one of the night. What is up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Appreciate you. Love what the guys are doing over there. I'm from Ontario, Canada, in case I haven't talked to some of you before. Um, so my big things on this is so one, I want to talk about this is I, we talked last week about uh, the separation and everything with the wide receivers, and I saw a big improvement today. I think Munkin's doing his thing. He's getting some tweaks in there. Guys aren't stacking up in the same box, and that's exactly – this is exactly what Odell needed. He needed that space to get free. That's what he does, right? So um, on the Stanley thing I've been watching, he's getting beat. If you watch him, he's getting beat on speed. 
That's it. Every time, speed rush. So I think guys are, they've been watching tape on him. They're moving two steps outside of him, and he's just, they're just blowing right by him. So I don't know if he's got, like, some kind of lingering issue there that he's not getting back off the ball fast enough or what. But um, outside of that, great win. I think we exposed the Seattle team for maybe a little bit on their defense, or they had a really bad day, one of the two. I'm watching the game right now. The two NFC guys, I think, is the game I'm watching right now that I'm afraid of. And that's that the Eagles and Dallas. I think oh. the, watching these two, they're they're going to keep pace with us. I think when we get to them, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, Terry, for the call. They wouldn't see them until February, obviously. But uh, but yeah, they 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 look like they're pretty complete teams, especially uh, in Philadelphia. What was I going to share? Oh, so Terry mentioned that that Ronnie's been struggling with speed. That was the case today. Last week in Arizona, it was power. The power rush is what what had him kind of backing up on his heels there. But, uh, but yeah, no question. Today, especially the one that led to the strip sack, was solely based on speed, and Ronnie just couldn't keep up. Yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about him. I think uh, it's it's it, him as an individual player and, and Justice Hill with the fumbles, uh, him and Lamar are probably the two things that, you know, you obviously come out and you're a little bit worried about. Man, an hour and 15 minutes down. This was a heck of a, a, a show. We, we Like we mentioned, we hit new milestones in viewership with well over 1,200 peak concurrent viewers at one point earlier on in this stream. So you guys are the best. If you haven't already done so, please like the video on whatever channel that you're watching this on. Uh, of course, for our audio-only folks, we appreciate you as well. And if you want to leave a rating and review, that would be super helpful in whatever platform that you use. Subscribe to both the Vault and Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels for daily Ravens content. We're also on Twitter at Ravens Vault, where you can get more information on what the upcoming show is and when and where and all that good stuff with Roquan Smith. And partner, anything else before we close? Good day. It's going to be fun. I'll t- <laughs> the national media is going to go crazy again, Bobby. You just watch. You just watch. It's yeah. it, They're going to go crazy. This is going to be a fun week. There's going to be that. You got... AFC North coming back, and now now it's like, okay, come to our home. We already beat you in yours, uh, minus Steelers, but they're not up yet, but we beat you in yours. Now you're going to come to ours, and let's have some fun. Yeah, this is just getting going. Tomorrow's going to be insane, so be on the lookout for a lot of analysis and reaction content to the overreaction, perhaps. Probably an overwhelmingly positive day. If it's not, then I got nothing for you. But with that, we're going to go ahead and close it out. Special thanks to Cybertech for being the exclusive sponsor of the Ravens post-game show live stream here inside the vault and across the Bobby Baltimore platforms. For my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this one. The Ravens improved 7-2 with a 37-3 thumping of the Seattle Seahawks. Next up is Cleveland, 1 o'clock coming up next weekend. Looking forward to that. And we have a whole lot of content on deck for you this week here across all of our platforms. You guys have a great night. And we'll catch up with you on Tuesday morning here inside the vault.